Talk Shoes. Recorded live. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah is the highest praise. We sing hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah is the highest Jesus, we thank you. Jesus, we thank you. Jesus, we bring you all of the praise. We sing hallelujah. Sweeter than the honey in a honeycomb. 
the most high God. And that is why we give him the most high praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah is the highest praise. Jesus, we bless your name. We magnify you. You are worthy, Lord, of all of the praise. We sing hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah is the highest
Children of God, we greet each of you one more time in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. It is a privilege and an honor to be able to serve, to be able to worship our Creator in spirit and in truth. For God says, these are the kinds of worshipers that I am seeking. God is looking for some creation, some men and women that will worship Him in spirit and and in the truth, the Bible says these are the worshipers that God the Father is seeking. For those of you that have been worshiping with us, you know that we have been working on our most recent topic entitled, What Seems and What Is. Mm-hmm. What Seems and What Is. And we thank God because sometimes there can be a very big difference between what seems and what is. Sometimes what seems is But oftentimes in this uh, generation, this dispensation that we live in, because Satan is the, Bible says, the god of this age, the prince of the powers of the air, uh, many times what seems is not what is. We thank God for his word. We thank God for his spirit. Because what God will do to us, through us, and for us by his word and by his spirit is he will let us to know the difference between what seems and what is. Uh, We looked at capital A in our outline uh, on yesterday, seemed like grasshoppers. And we looked at Numbers chapter 13, verse 33, how that 10 of the spies that went into the promised land, they went in and allowed the adversary to speak into their hearts and minds, told them that they couldn't take the land, told them that uh, they were grasshoppers, that they seemed like grasshoppers, told them, that they even looked like and seemed like grasshoppers in the eyes of the inhabitants of the land. But that was not true, and it's not true today. Child of God, you are not a grasshopper. You, You are fearfully, you are wonderfully made, you are the apple of God's eye. You, God loves you and I so much that he died that you and I might occupy the place that we occupy now, that we may be called children of God that we may be saved, sanctified, and filled with his Holy Spirit. And God has sent me here this afternoon to tell somebody under the sound of my voice, I don't know who you are and how the adversary has jumped in your mind and told you the wrong thing, but God has told me to tell somebody today that you can do all things through Jesus Christ who strengthens you. I don't know what it is you are thinking about doing, planning to do, hoping to do, uh, but I'm here to let you to know, child of God, that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You, child of God, based on what God has placed within you, is greater than any obstacle that is facing you, that is greater than any trial, greater than any test you may be experiencing, greater than what you Listen, you are greater than what your enemies say about you. You are even greater than what you think about yourself. All things are possible. God has let us to know as his children, all things are possible 
to those of us that believe, to those of us that obey. So, child of God, stop all this thinking that you are less than and thinking that you are some second class, you don't deserve, you don't, hey, I'm a child of God. See, you ever watch children of, of kings, children of that, that in the natural, children of kings, you know, they, they oftentimes they know exactly who they are, and they, they, they expect certain things to doors to come open for them and things to happen for them because they know that they are children of kings. You look at uh, what's Prince William, what's the name of those, the, the Prince William and, and in, in the U.K.? Oh, man, these individuals driving nice cars and wearing fancy clothes and different things. They, well, they are children of natural kings and queens. And if children of natural kings and queens can can see themselves in a favorable light, why can't you and I, who are children and daughters, sons and daughters of the Most High God, see ourselves in a favorable light as well? We looked at seems like grasshoppers. We're going to look at chapter First uh, Samuel chapter 15, verse 17, because we're still looking at seemed like grasshoppers or seemed small, didn't seem like much, seemed insignificant. But we're going to see how that can change and swing too far in the other direction, too, and that's equally as dangerous. First Samuel chapter 15, verse 17, children of God, prepare yourself to be blessed by the Lord this afternoon in Jesus' name. First Samuel chapter one fifteen verse seventeen. The prophet Samuel speaks to Saul, the first king of the nation of Israel. The Bible says Samuel said, Although you were once small in your own eyes, did you not become the head of the tribes of Israel? The Lord anointed you king over Israel. Once again, from the New International Version, 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 17, Samuel said to Saul, although you were once small in your own eyes, did you not become the head of the tribes of Israel? The Lord anointed you king over Israel. Israel, capital A in our outline, seemed like grasshoppers. Let us pray. Father, in Jesus' name we pray. Thank you again, Father, for everything that has happened. We don't always understand why you do the things you do. We don't always understand why you allow us to uh, experience the things we sometimes experience, but you have promised us that all things will work together for our good. Those of us who love you and have been called according to your purpose. We're not going to ask, Father, that everything always going to go smooth for us because we know that uh, you are a God of balance. Just as there are going to be some good times and some good experiences, there are going to be some difficult times and some difficult experiences. We're not asking that everything always go smooth, Father. We have matured beyond that place, but Father, we ask that uh, we continue to love you and continue to be called according to your purposes because as long as we maintain that place, you have promised the other end of the covenant that all things will work together for our good. We bless your name tonight, Father. We pray that as we 
study your holy scriptures. You will uh, give us revelation, insight, knowledge, understanding that we better uh, may better live for you and do the things that are pleasing in your sight. You know what each one of us needs, Father, to remain humble and to uh, to stay in our proper place with you. So, Father, we thank you today. We give your name glory, honor, and praise, trusting that you are going to do this for us. In Jesus' precious name we have prayed. Amen and amen. All right. Saints, we look at 1 Samuel chapter 15, and, and to me, it's a very tragic story. It's the story of King Saul, the very first king of the nation of Israel. The Bible says that Saul was an impressive young man without equal. He stood a head taller than all the other Israelites. Uh, he was a brave man. He was a fighting man. He was a man filled with potential, filled with promise. But he had a fatal flaw that he never corrected. You say, Apostle, what does that mean to me? If you are out there under the sound of my voice, you need to understand that you have a fatal flaw just as I have a fatal flaw. Now, God is giving you and I time in this life, in this, in this world, to correct our what? Fatal flaws. Because if you do not correct your fatal flaw, if I do not correct my fatal flaw, our fatal flaws will destroy us. May we not be destroyed by our fatal flaws. What? In the name of Jesus Christ. Saul was never, he never got control of his fatal flaw, and his fatal flaw ended up causing him to be rejected, caused him to end up losing the kingship, caused him to, at the latter place in his life, to be consulting with witches and dabbling in divination. The fatal flaw caused him to look at David, who was God's, uh, a man after God's own heart with an evil eye and to begin to chase David around Judea and, and to throw spears and try to kill him. His fatal flaw got the best of him. May our fatal flaws not get the best of us in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, Saul had been sent by God to go and take care of something. We're going to go back to 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 1. You all know the story just as well as I do. The Bible says that Samuel, who was God's prophet, said to Saul. Now, you say, Apostle, why, why are you going to stop right there? I'm going to stop right there because it is very important for you, under the sound of my voice, to have God's prophet in your life. Now, that prophet may be pastor. That prophet may be apostle. That prophet may be... You need to have God's prophet in your life. You need to have God's prophets in your life. Why is that important? It's important because God does nothing without first revealing his plans to his servants, the prophets. In other words, as you connect yourself with God's prophets in your life, God will begin to reveal to you through his prophets 
bits and pieces of your destiny. None of us completely sees it all. No one prophet sees it all. This is why God has set in the church prophets. This is why God has set in the church apostles, plural. This is why God has set in the church evangelists, pastors, teachers. You don't need any one, any one prophet in your life any more than you just need one pastor any more than you need just one apostle. We are members of the body of Christ, and all of us belong to all the other parts. I don't just need one finger. Can you imagine how limited, come on, somebody, I would be if all I had was one finger? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, that's how some of you all out there are with one pastor. That's how some of you all out there with one prophet. Some of you all out there, no, no, no. We need the, the, the members of the body of Christ. And just as each finger differs, there are differing gifts in the body of Christ. Five-fold ministry. You look at your hand. You see five fingers, but each one of them is different. Each one of them has a use and, a, and, a, and, and is necessary to do certain things. So it is with the five-fold ministry. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. We are one in Christ. There is only one church. There's only one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Samuel was a prophet in the nation of Israel. Now, when it came down to anointing kings, that was his responsibility. But there were other prophets in the land that also spoke on behalf of what? God. Now, the, as far as giving Saul the instruction from God in the kingship, Samuel was the one that was chosen for that. So you say, Apostle, what are you trying to get us to understand? Even though you need various uh, gifts in the body of Christ, God will have certain ones that he has gifted to share with you certain things. Samuel had been anointed by God to let Saul know what God wanted him to do in regards to the kingship. 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 1. Samuel, or God's prophet in this particular matter, said to Saul, I am the one the Lord sent to anoint you king over his people. You see, listen to what he says. I am the one. The Lord. Look, when it comes down to anointing you king, Saul, God has given me that responsibility. Now, that doesn't mean that, that Samuel is the only one that can speak into Saul's life. That doesn't mean that Samuel is the only one hearing from God to share words with, with Saul. But when it comes down to anointing you king over Israel, Samuel said, I'm the one the Lord has what? The Lord has chosen or the Lord has sent to anoint you king over his people Israel. So listen now to the message from the Lord. Now, keep in mind out there under the sound of my voice, as a prophet, our responsibility is to share with God's people what? Messages from the Lord. Anything other than that, God says, I'm going to judge you. Anything other than that is out of order. I encourage you under the sound of my voice, pastor, teacher, evangelist, prophet, apostle, share with God's people only message from the Lord. Samuel said, so listen now to the message from the Lord. This is what the Lord Almighty says. I will punish the Amalekites. Now watch this now. This is, this is very important now because the Amalekites, now the Amalekites were a group of people that when the nation of Israel had first come out of Egypt, the Amalekites kind of, uh, they waylaid them. 
hid, then jumped out on the nation of Israel, got them while they were weak, got them while they were, you know, just struggling to come out of slavery, got them. Now, now you say, Apostle, what, what, what are you trying to get us to understand? God, listen, child of God, everybody that has jumped on you when you were weak and when you were struggling and when you were trying to get yourself together, God says, I'm going to punish them. You don't have to be trying to, to, to get vengeance on those who have mistreated you, those who treated you wrong when you were a little boy, those who treated you wrong when you were a little girl. God said, look, I see everything. I see those who have mistreated you. I see those who have done you wrong when you were, when you were uh, trying to get yourself together. And God says, I will punish the Amalekites. Understand, child of God, there are some Amalekites in your life. Amalekites in your life represent people and places or things that gave you a hard time when you, before you had developed just right. They, they gave you a hard time when you were... And didn't quite... That. Amalekites mistreat you in your early stages. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, each one of us can think of some what? Amalekites in our life. Amalekites bully us. They bully us when we're small and when, we, when we're just forming and when, we, when we're just developing, uh, trying to get ourselves together. The Amalekites, God says, I will punish Amalekites. Now, you need to understand, if you are under the sound of my voice, and you're an Amalekite in somebody's life, you are setting yourself up for the punishment of what? God. God says, I will punish the Amalekites for what they did to Israel when they waylaid them as they came up from Egypt. Now, what God was going to do is he was going to use Saul as the instrument. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, you say, Apostle, what has that got to do with me? You always in this Bible, thousands of years old. What has it got to do? Why are you always reading out of a book thousands of years old? Why? Because all Scripture is God-breathed. Because it's God talking to people throughout all times, throughout all generations. God is still talking to people today just like he was talking to people thousands of years ago. God, in these messages that he had for individuals thousands of years ago, he still got messages for you and I. Well, you say, Apostle, what is the message? Saul was to be God's instrument in a particular matter. Mm -hmm. God says, I'm going to use you, Saul to get these Amalekites. God says, I'm the one getting them, but you're going to be my instrument. I want you to know out there on the sound of my voice, you are God, child of God. You are to be an instrument of God. Mm-hmm. Ah, some of you didn't know that. You are to be an instrument of God. There are specific tasks. There are specific jobs. There are specific things that God wants you to do. It's not for some your neighbor to do. It's not for your mama to do. It's not for your daddy to do, your son, your daughter, your friend, or your relative. God, you see, this is why it's important for each one of us to find out, Lord, how do you want to use me? God got some of you out there, God wants to use you to sing. You don't want to sing. Some of you all out there under the sound of my voice, God says, I want to use you to preach. You don't want to preach. God says, some of you all out there under the sound of my voice, I want you to give. I want you to contribute to the work of the Lord. You don't want to give. Well, think about it like this. You know, I play this keyboard just about every evening and every morning to give God praise. Now, if it gets to the place where this keyboard don't want to play, <laughs> no more melodies. Keyboard has decided when I hit the on button, it stays off. When I hit one key, it don't want to play. Well, children of God, how long do you think I'm going to tolerate that keyboard? 
One what? Huh? What? Not long. That keyboard is going to have to go. Yet some of you all under the sound of my voice, you're just like that keyboard before God. God wants to use you to do great things. God wants to use you to show you great things. God wants to use you to show you some things you got your eyes closed. God wants to use you to tell you some great things you want to close your ears. God wants to use you to go certain places you won't leave. Let yourself be an, a willing and obedient instrument in the hands of who? What? God. God says, now go. Look at verse 3. Attack the Amalekites. God said, look, Saul, this is how you can be my instrument. By going and attacking the Amalekites and totally destroying everything that belongs to them, do not spare them, put to death men and women, children and infants, cattle and sheep, camels and donkeys. God said, that's how you, that's how you will please me. That is how you will, God said, that's how you will make me happy. You say, Apostle, what are you trying to get me to understand? I'm listening to you in my dark room. I just happened to flip on talk shoe, and there you are talking. I'm seeing your face, and I'm, I'm hearing, what are you trying to say to me, Apostle? What I'm trying to say to you under the sound of my voice is the only way you can make God happy is to do exactly what he tells you to do. Mm-hmm. Oh, God said, Robert, my people need to hear that again, and they need to hear it slow. God says the only way that you all can make me happy is to do exactly what I tell you. We're about done tonight, children of God. That, that, could, be a, that could be a sermon right in and of itself. Put that down on a slip of paper, somebody. The way to make God happy on the top line and then right beneath it is to do exactly what he says. Put the date on it as well. That's going to have to be preached. Well, Saul attacked the Amalekites, the Bible says in verse uh, 7, all the way from Havilah to Shur. Now, I'm not going to go all into all of these cities because each one of these cities represents a different state that every person you have ever met is in. The Lord shared that with me many, many years ago. Every one of these cities represents a different state that people are in. Havilah was a place where Saul was what? Attacking the Amalekites. He, the Bible says he, then Saul in verse 7, he attacked the Amalekites all the way from Havilah to shore. So Havilah, your Havilahs are the places in your life or the seasons in your life or that you are doing exactly what God wants you to do. Havilah, you're doing what God wants. God is pleased with you in Havilah. God is pleased with you when you are, when you are operating in Havilah. Now, that was a city. It was a city. Saul went into Havilah and attacked the Amalekites, was beating them down real good. But the Bible says he attacked the Amalekites all the way from Havilah to Shur. Now, Shur, you need to be careful of the Shures in your life, child of God. God says you need to give this to my people. They need to hear this. The Shures in your life, it was a city that that's where Saul stopped. Sure in your life represents the place where you stop doing what God wants you to do. 
Whatever the excuse, whatever the reason, whatever the devil has told you in your mind, it's where you have stopped. Now, I know that God has told me he wants his word preached and taught, and he wants praise and worship to go up before his people on a daily basis, and that's something I've just got to do for the rest of my life now. But if it gets to the place where I just decide, well, I'm not going to be preaching and teaching anymore, I'm not going to be praising and worshiping anymore, Lord, I'm going to go out and start selling used cars. God said, Robert, what you're going to get in is trouble. <laughs> See, because God said, look, now, once you get out there and start selling them used cars, God said, that's your sure. You have stopped doing what? What I wanted you to do, and now you're doing something else. God said, I got to get you. See, you understand that, that Adam, before the woman was ever created, Adam had named every living creature that had existed. For a long time, Adam was doing just what God wanted him to do. We don't know how long it took Adam to name every living creature, every creeping thing, everything that was swimming in the ocean, everything that was flying in the air. Whatever Adam called him, God said, that's what it'll be. You know, Adam look at it and say, you a monkey. God said, that ain't a monkey you is. You know, Adam look at it and say, you a giraffe. God said, that's right, giraffe is what, whatever Adam called him. You, know, you a turtle. God said, that and turtle is what you will be. Adam was doing just what God wanted him to do. Until God messed around and made a woman. I don't know. I ain't trying to say nothing about y'all, but uh, watch yourself out there, ladies. Watch yourself. Adam was doing just what God wanted him to do. We don't know how long it was till God gave him a woman. Adam even tried that with God, but God was like, no, you still do what I tell you, even though you got that woman right beside you. Adam tried that because when God asked him, who, who told you that you were naked? You know, what was going on? Hey, God, you know, did you eat from the, God said, did you eat from the tree which I commanded you not to eat from? Adam, first thing Adam said, the woman. <laughs> you gave to be with me. She gave me fruit from the tree, and I did eat. <sighs> I do what God tell you. Don't stop. Don't get to sure. Don't get to a place in sure because there's no excuse you or I can give to God as to why we stopped doing what he said. Job had to let his wife know when she was talking about when Job was going through the difficulties and broke all out with sores. The sores were smelling and stinking, and Job was scraping his, scraping his sores and his boils with a broken piece of pottery, and his wife looked at him stinking and rotten and said, are you still holding on to your integrity? Why don't you curse God and die? Job said, look, you're talking like a foolish woman. Shall we accept God? They said, we accept good from God and not trouble. Job said, what I'm not going to do is curse God, no matter how bad it is. Job said, look, now, I'm not going to stop serving God just because things have got a little difficult. I'm not going to stop preaching God's word just because some bills need to be paid. I'm not going to stop doing what God said because you done got a little impatient. Mm-hmm. Holy Ghost. Saul attacked the Amalekites all the way from Havilah to Shur. Now, Shur was on the east of Egypt. The Bible says he took Agag, king alive, and all the people he totally destroyed with the sword. But Saul and all hired Agag, the best of the sheep, cattle, the fat calves, the lambs, everything that was good. They were unwilling to destroy completely, but everything that was despised and weak, they totally destroyed. Then the word of the Lord came to Samuel. I am grieved that I have made Saul king because he's turned away from me and not carried out my instructions. I don't know who you are and where you are under the sound of my voice, but I urge and encourage you to carry out and to follow 
the Lord's instructions. Don't stop that because when you stop following God's instructions, it's just a matter of time before your blessings will stop. When you stop following God's instructions, it's just a matter of time before your favor with God will stop. When you stop following God's instructions, it's just a matter of time before God's grace will stop. The Bible says Samuel was troubled, and he cried out to the Lord all that night. Early in the morning, Samuel got up and went to meet Saul. But he was told, Saul has gone to Carmel. Now understand your Carmels. Carmel was another city, okay? And Carmel was a city that Saul went to after he had stopped doing what God had told him to do. And he went to Carmel, and he set up a monument in his own, in his own honor. Not only did he stop doing what God wanted him to do in Shur, he went down to Carmel and basically started bragging, basically started boasting, basically started lifting his own self up. You say, Apostle, what does that mean to me? See, some of you all understand my voice. You lifted your own self up. It's a difference between God lifting you up and you lifting you up. May God lift us up in the name of Jesus. Samuel, Saul had lifted, made an honor, a monument in his own honor, thinking that he was right on point with God, thinking that he was doing just what God wanted him to do. Now, I told you all earlier in the message, that's why it's important, you've got to have at least one prophet in your life, because God will send his prophet to let you know that you are into some craziness. You may be thinking that you are doing just fine. The devil may have told you that you are right on point, but God will send his prophet to let you know that you're not doing anything. Carmel's are places of self-deception. Carmel's are places where we think we're right on point with God when really, really we are moving in the just the opposite direction. The Bible says, and he turned, he set up a monument in his own honor and has turned and gone down to Gilgal. Now put down Gilgal. Gilgal was another city. Gilgal is another, is, another, is another dispensation in your life, in my life, children of God. You will see people in, in, in these cities. Everybody is in one of these cities, everybody that you will ever meet. Everybody. You got people that are, you know, and, and I don't even think I got a, a, a Malik. Did we get a Malik, the very first one? All right. I didn't even get a Malik. Let me, let me take you back very quickly, very quickly. The Bible says, uh, 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 he saw in verse 6, Saul told the Kenites, go away from the Amalekites so that I do not destroy you along with them. But I got to get Amalek and I got to get the Kenites. Amalek was where Saul went and launched his attack. All right? Now, Amalek is, it, when, 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 when God had Saul go to Amalek, God had, he look at verse 5, Saul went to the city of Amalek and set up an ambush in a ravine, went down in a ditch, him and his, all his troops, and hid. You say, Apostle, what has that got to do with me? Now, come on, now, you're talking to us. Now, what is this city? Sometimes God has us in a place of hiding. See, God said, look, I'm going to use you to do some great things, but right now I've got to hide you so that your enemies do not destroy you 
before I can bring out of you the greatness that you are destined for. Oh, come on, children of God. Some of you all under the sound of my voice, you are destined for greatness, but right now you are living in obscurity. Some of you all under the sound of my voice, you are destined to live in a mansion, but God got you in a self-contained, one small, one small room right now. A malik is the place where God is basically hiding you. He's hiding you. He's hiding you. He's gonna, God says, I'm going to bring you out at the appointed time, but right now I've got you in hiding. I don't want your enemies to know too much about what I'm going to do to you, through you, or for you. I don't want to show too much just now. But God says to let my people know that at the appointed time, they will come out of the ravine. They will come out. They will come out. God says, I'm going to bring you out of hiding. Some of you all under the sound of my voice, you are, you are taking a, a public transportation. You are riding on Greyhound buses, but God knows that in your future you will be driving Mercedes S-Class. God says, right now, I've got you in hiding. I've got one of the saints hollered, amen, amen. God says, I've got you in hiding. Amalek, Amalek. They went down. God had him go into a ravine, a ravine, a ditch, a, a, a low place so that the enemy could not see. The Bible tells us it does not yet appear what we shall be. I hope you do understand, child of God, that you are a long way from what you're going to be. Come on, somebody. What? You and I, we are a long way from what we shall be. We thank God for what we are. We thank God for where he has brought us from. We thank God, but God says you are a long way from what you're going to be. You're a long way from where you're going to be. You're a long way from having what you're going to have. You're a long way from seeing what you're going to see. God said you're a long way, you're a long way. You're a long way. You're a long, long way. Saul went to the city of Amalek, set up an ambush in the ravine. Now, understand, now you need to put down the Kenites. Now, you need to understand that some, some people are, are like Kenites. Some people are in the city of Kenite. Uh-huh. Now, the Kenites were a group of people that were living very close to the Amalekites. You know, and this, is, this, this, this goes to, you know, something I was suggesting about uh, you know, Boko Haram earlier today, I was talking with some of the saints about Boko Haram, the terrorist group in, in Nigeria and some of these other terrorist groups. The Kenites, see, sometimes you got to be like the Kenites. Now, the Kenites were living very close to the Amalekites. The Amalekites were destined for destruction. Right? So you need to understand, hey, you a neighbor to a Boko Haram member, you need to understand that, that, that you're in danger just because of your proximity. If, some, if the United States decides to launch an airstrike and blow up their house, guess what? Your house might get blown up too. Or if the government comes in and just starts shooting up their house because you live next, in the apartment next to a Boko Haram member, one of them bullets might hit you. So, so, so you say, Apostle, what are you driving at? The Kenites were instructed. Saul, Samuel, Saul said to the Kenites, go away from the Amalekites so that I do not destroy you along with them. See, you need to understand that as children of God, we got to be like Kenites. we got to be able to, di- to discern when some individuals are destined for destruction. Individuals are destined for, for, for uh, uh, fall, destined for, and we got to be willing to step away, step back. The Bible says, so the Kenites did what? They moved away from the... Now, now I've got to get this here to you real, real, real quick now because uh, uh, Tulane, put down Tulane. You'll find Tulane, the city of Tulane, in verse four. Tulane. Some people, some of you all under the sound of my voice, you are in a place. 
you're in a place in your life called Tulane. Now, Tulane was a little small city, little small city, and it was a city where Sam, where Saul mustered the troops. In other words, uh, your Tulane is a place where God, God, look, God be sitting back saying, look, I already know what I'm going to do to you, what? Through you and for you. But God says, look, you're not going to do it alone. Uh-huh. God said, look, in your Tulane, I'm going to start sending you that husband that's going to be with you. In your Tulane, I'm going to send you that wife. The Bible says in Tulane, in verse 4, Saul summoned the men and mustered them at Tulane. In other words, God began to bring to God began to bring to Saul the men, the people, the places, and the things that he was going to need to carry out what God wanted him to do. So you say, Apostle, what are you trying to get me to understand? Child of God, you will have to pass through Tulane in order to accomplish your vision. In order to do what God has set your hands to do, you've got to be connected with the people, the places, and the things that God has been destined to help you. You say you want to start a business out there, but you don't have any money. Well, in your Tulane, God is going to begin to bring you money. You say you want to have some children out there, but you don't have a husband or you don't have a wife. Well, God will begin in your Tulane, God will begin to connect you with those who are going to help you to accomplish and fulfill your destiny. Is anybody understanding what, what God is trying to show you? It's revelation now. This is revelation. This is not something you're just going to see with the natural eyes. You've got to talk to God. You've got to spend time with God for God to begin to reveal to you the significance, the spiritual significance of each one of these cities. Because when God started sharing it with me, I was like, Lord, come on now. Go ahead on. God, for each one of these cities, they represent places. They represent states and stages in people's lives, Robert. I was like, wow, Lord, this is heavy stuff. So what did we get down to? We got down to Gilgal, right? Now, let's go on down to Gilgal and understand that Gilgal, as we go back to 1 Samuel chapter 15 and verse, uh, last part of verse 12, there he has set up a monument in his own honor and has turned and gone down to Gilgal. Now, Gilgal. See, some of you all that are listening to this broadcast right now that have, that have chosen to follow this broadcast, the reason why you're listening is because it, it, it's your Gilgal. It's your Gilgal experience. Your Gilgal, your city of Gilgal represents the place where the true prophet of God, the true words of the living God will meet you face-to-face with what you've been doing. See, that's where Samuel ran into Saul. Samuel had to hunt Saul down. And he caught up with Saul in Gilgal. See, some of you all out there under the sound of my voice, you've been trying to run from the word of God. You've been trying to run from the truth of God. You've been, and you run right in here to this broadcast. You don't even know why you, why you clicked on and, and signed on. You don't even know why you hit that button on, on, on YouTube. Now, God knows why. Because God wants to catch up with you before he has to destroy you. Hmm. God wants you to, listen, child of God, see, I know what I carry. You might don't. Some of you all out there, you might be guessing. I know what I'm carrying. I'm carrying dynamite. That was prophesied to me years ago. God wants you to hear, and Jesus said, look, ye shall, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. God wants you to be set free. That's why he's sending his apostles. That's why he's sending his prophets, so that your blind eyes might come open, so that your deaf ears might be unstopped, so that you might be set free by this very truth that if you are not set free by, you will be destroyed by. See, the truth, for some people, the truth sets them free. Some people, the truth 
Send them right straight to hell. It's the truth. How you respond to the truth will determine how the truth treats you. You embrace the truth, you love the truth, you run to the truth, the truth will save you. The truth will set you free. The truth will exalt you. The truth will lift you higher. The truth will edify you too. But if you want to kick against the truth, you want to run from the truth, you want to try to hide from the truth, some of y'all are doing it out there the sound of my voice, and God said no problem, then you will be devoured by the sword then that same truth that would have taken you to heaven, that would have taken you into the presence of God for all eternity, that same truth now will cast you into hell. Jesus said, I am the way, what? The truth and the life. Jesus said, no man comes to the Father except through me. So you've got to come through the truth in order to get to God. You're not going to get to God trying to pass through a doorway of lies. You're not going to get through to God trying to pass through a doorway, any other doorway. You can't get to God. You must pass through the truth. There are some truths that we just got to deal with. As black people in America, there's just some truths that we got to deal with. No, we don't like them. We don't want to hear them. A lot of times they hurt our feelings. But it, nevertheless, it's truth that's got to be dealt with. Gilgal, Saul has to come face to face with the truth. He's been running with a bunch of folk that have been telling him just what he wants to hear. He's been running with a bunch of folk that was following him in all kind of craziness, but now he's got to come face to face with the truth. And that's what a whole lot of people don't want to do. That's why God said in the last days men would not endure sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. That's why a whole lot of you out there, a whole lot of you out there that's, that's following us and that's, that's worshiping with us, but then a whole lot of you out there running just like, running just like the gingerbread, man. Because what you're trying to run from is the truth. Let me tell you something out there under the sound of my voice, listening to the broadcast all in the dark, hoping nobody see you. God see you, and you can't outrun the truth. Gilgal, come face to face with the truth. The Bible says, verse 13, when Samuel reached him, Samuel, Saul said, the Lord bless you. I have carried out the Lord's instructions. See, look at that. Listen at Saul. He still think. He's still deceived. But see, he was deceived in Carmel, set him up a monument. He was deceived in Gilgal, and he got himself rebuked. Gilgal is where God's prophet, God's spokesman, will speak the truth from God over that nonsense that you've been perpetuating, over that nonsense that you've been doing in the church, over that nonsense that you've been doing in the marriage, over that nonsense that you've been doing in the nation. God's prophet will give it to you straight in Gilgal. You still talking about you carried out the Lord's instruction. You still thinking you a good Christian. You still thinking you doing just fine. God come in to send his prophet in and give God tell you ain't doing a John Brown thing. But Samuel said, What then is this bleeding of sheep in my ears? In other words, if you have done what God said, how come I'm hearing sheep that were supposed to be destroyed? 
Some of us as African Americans in this country, we think we're doing a bang-up job raising children. We're thinking we're doing a great job in our little churches and in our little community. We think we're doing – how come then Af- African Americans is the number one popu- – African American males is the number one population in the prisons? We make up one-tenth of the population in the country, but yet we're making up almost 50% of the prison population. How is that if you're doing such a bang-up job? If you're doing such a bang-up job of raising your children, how come it's mostly African American kids that are out there running around in in, in Baltimore throwing rocks at police and, and, and looting and doing – if we're doing such a good job. But the, the prophets say, what then is this bleeding of sheep? Why am I hearing sheep then? If you really carried out the Lord's instruction, I shouldn't hear anything. It shouldn't sound like a menagerie around here. Oh, in the United States, oh, we think we're doing a bang-up job in marriage. Oh, United States, oh, we have opened the doors for uh, lesbians and uh, transvestites and uh, gays to marriage. We're doing such a bang-up job in marriage in the United States. How come 60% of the marriages in this country are ending in divorce since you're doing such a bang-up job, America? Uh-oh. Apostle, you're hitting, you hitting kind of hard tonight. Gilgal, baby. This is what you do in Gilgal. This is what God's prophets do in Gilgal. They ain't going to tell you something just to have you hollering and kicking and, and demanding money out of you. They're going to tell you something that's going to help you deal with that thing called S-I-N in your life. Oh, we're about done. We said we weren't going to be in here long tonight. It is very quiet in the Christian summer tonight. What then is this bleeding of sheep in my ears? What is this lowing of cattle I hear? Saul answered, the soldiers. Uh Uh-oh. See, most any time when it comes time for people to have to deal with their sin, normally the first thing come out of their mouth, what did the saints say? What? Blame. Blame. First thing jumped out of Adam's mouth when God started asking him, did you eat from the tree which I commanded you not to eat from? First thing jumped out of his mouth, the woman. Here is the prophet saying, look, you, 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 have you carried out God's instruction? You haven't. Here's the, and the first thing jump out of his mouth is the soldier. Always watch groups of people. When it comes down to why their nation is in a mess, why their church is in a mess, why their marriage is in a mess, why their family is in a mess, the first thing jump out of their mouth is somebody or something else. That's normally the joker you need to look at real, real close. That's normally, that's you, you, rather than look at who they trying to point the finger at, that's normally the one you need to take a look at. Because all of this had nothing to do with the soldiers. The soldiers were not left in charge. I told you God be dealing with who's in charge. When I go into a business or a lot of times I go into, I go into places, a lot of times the first one I ask for is who? Saying, who's what? Y'all been, y'all been around me. Who's what? Who's in charge? I need to talk to who's in charge. Because, see, who's in charge can make things happen. Who's in charge can give me this thing if they, if they choose to because they're in charge. It's their store. It's their business. It's their apartment. It's their car. They can get who is in charge. Uh, sir, we can't, I can't do that. Well, then let me talk to somebody who can. Obviously, if you can't do it, I'm talking to the wrong person. Who is your superior? <laughs> Soldiers, Saul answered, the soldiers. See, people like to blame. 
Right. See, see, we listen, children of God. We do a lot better taking a look at taking a look at ourselves and what it is that we're not doing and what it is we haven't done that God rather than trying to blame somebody else. Because what you're gonna find out at the end of the day that, that the reason why you're not blessed is not because of somebody else or some other group. The reason why you're not blessed is because of the choices and the decisions you made. See, the blessings that I'm lacking in my life, guess who? Guess whose fault that is? Robert Bryant had nothing to do with any witch, any wizard, any warlock. Had nothing to do with President Obama. I remember a group of family. I never forget this. When President Obama had first won the presidency, short, very early in his presidency, in Chicago, you had some African American youths that were attacking this boy, and they were just beating him senseless. And some of the parents recognized it was their children that was out there doing it. And these folk, these people, these parents had the nerve to come on a TV show and begin to blame their crazy children on President Obama. I couldn't believe it. I was sitting there watching the TV. I had my mouth dropped open. I was like, I can't believe it. And they, they, they're serious, dressed all up in suits. Their children caught on video camera acting like complete monkeys, beating people's children, running up and down the street, and the first thing jumped out of their mouth was, we think President Obama needs to do a better job of, of getting out. I said, these are your children. These are your children. These are the ones that God determined to come out of your womb. These are the ones God, and you t- talking about President Obama, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I think I saw hollering at the TV. Let's, uh, let's finish up. You say, Apostle, what are you trying to get us to understand? It, listen, listen. It's us. Your greatest enemy out there, child of God, it ain't the devil. It ain't the demons or some witch or some wizard or some white man or some. Uh-uh. It's yourself. It's myself. Jesus said, if any man wants to be my disciple, he must deny himself pick up his cross and follow me self is the one that got us saying no when god wants us to say yes self is the one that got us keeping quiet when god is telling us to speak self is the one that got us speaking nonsense when god is saying shut up self it was sam it was it was it was saul's self that had him stop attacking the amalekites in sure Soldiers brought them from the Amalekites. They, look at that, the soldiers, they spared the best of the sheep and the cattle to sacrifice to the Lord your God. But we totally destroyed the rest. The Bible says, Samuel said, stop. Samuel said to Saul, let me tell you what the Lord told me. Samuel said, look, Saul, you have cooked up a whole lot of stuff in your own mind. And God will let you do that. Well, Samuel said, what I'm getting ready to do is I'm going to tell you how this thing looked to God. You say, Apostle, what we, what you, look at how the Holy Ghost done brought us full circle. Look at, look at how the Holy Ghost. What's the topic? What seems and what is. Sam, Saul was talking a lot of what seems. Because in his mind, all of this seemed true. In his mind, all of this seemed good. It, it, it all sounded good in his mind. Sounded good to him. But Samuel said, I'm going to tell you what is. 
See, God is going to tell you what is, regardless of what you have cooked up in your little mind, regardless of what I have cooked up in my little mind. See, God is, we, can, we are amazing creatures. Man, we can imagine all kind of stuff. We can cook all kind of stuff up. But God will tell us what is. Sammy said, I'm going to tell you what is. I'm going to tell you how God sees this thing. I'm going to tell you the truth of God about this thing. We're going to wrap it up, children of God. Samuel said, although you were once small in your own eyes, did you not become the head of the tribes of Israel? The Lord anointed you king over Israel. Samuel said, look, don't, do you even understand where you came from and, and who brought you to where you are? See, some of us, some of us have forgot. Some of us have forgot when we were eating out of trash cans or when we were living on the street or when we, were, when we didn't have a job or when we were working in tobacco, when we were working in tobacco. Some of God says some of y'all have forgot. See, one of the ways you can tell when folk have forgot where they come from, they don't want to praise God no more. Folk that remember where they come from, they can't help but give God the glory. They can't help but give God the praise. They ain't got enough praise for God. Samuel said, you don't even, you, do, you, do you remember where you came from? Look at where you are and look at where you came from. God, verse 16, verse 18, sent you on a mission saying, go and completely destroy those wicked people, the Amalekites. Make war on them until you have wiped them out. Why did you not obey the, the, the Lord? Why did you pounce on the plunder and do what is evil in the sight of the law? In the sight of the Lord. Why? And this is what God see. This is what God say. You done cooked all this mess up in your mind. You done deceived yourself and tricked yourself. Because he come right back talking the same nonsense. See, you say, Apostle, what are you driving at? When the truth of God come, you doing something crazy, truth of God come, don't come back with some nonsense. Because see, all that do is make God even more upset than he already is. Accept the truth and make the necessary changes. And you can get some mercy from God. But if you keep coming back with craziness after God has shown you the truth and told you the truth, now God said, I'm going to have to get you for the craziness that you did and get you for the craziness that you're still talking. See, I, Lord, one of them crazinesses I want, you to, I, want, I want to get relief from. God said, look, I, I'm going to get you for the craziness that you did. But if you're still talking craziness, God says, I've got to get you for that craziness too. One of them craziness we can eliminate. <laughs> Praise God. Listen to me. But I did obey the Lord. Saul said, I went on the mission, the Lord assigned. I completely destroyed the Amalekites and brought back Agag, the king. You can't completely destroy the Amalekites and Agag still be right here. He is an Amalekite. What is Agag then? A Gergeshite? You can't completely destroy the Amalekites, and Agag, who is an Amalekite, the head of the Amalekites, the king of the Amalekites, I'm looking at him over there with a smile on his face. Now, do you see how what seems and what is in, Saul, in Saul's mind, he, he had fixed up that he had killed all the Amalekites. But what is, is Agag sitting right over there thinking that he don't have to die. 
You say, Apostle, what are you trying to get us to understand? Now, we're listening to you closely. You, we've been cut to heart. Now, you've blasted us. You've blasted. You've blasted. What do we need to do? Let's come out of what seems. And through God's word, through God's spirit, let's step into what is. God bless you, my brothers and my sisters. And may heaven continue to smile on you. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you tonight, Father, for your revelation, your insight, for speaking to us, your little children. Forgive us, Father, for operating at times in what seems and, and not doing or operating in what is. Show us more, Father, through your word, through your spirit, and through your power of what is, so that we are not deceived by what seems. This is our prayer. We count it done in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen and amen. Since you can reach us through email at thechristensternchurch at gmail.com. Check out our website at www.ourchurch.com backslash member backslash t backslash tccc. Feel free to join us on talk shoes, precast YouTube and iTunes at 9 a.m. 7 p.m. daily. On talk shoe, call 724-444-7444. Enter ID 17959. I'll spreecast type in Robert Bryant on YouTube and the Christmas Center Church channel. You can see excerpts of Apostle Robert Bryant on YouTube. Donations should be sent based on the donation button on the church website or our talk show homepage. God bless you and heaven smile you in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>